Welcome to Eurodollar University with Jeff Snyder. My name is Emil Kalinowski, and today we're going to be talking about the powerful forces of quantitative tightening. You may be noticing as you look out your window that the economy is a flaming wreck, a smoldering ruin. Is it a coincidence that the central bank, the most powerful monetary force in human history, has been tightening monetary policy, quantitative tightening? Well, the Federal Reserve has come out with a study that has confirmed statistically the incredible powerful effects of quantitative tightening. Quantitative easing has been described by me as the second biggest li- or as the biggest liquidity event since NOAA. What about quantitative tightening? Jeff, you recently had the opportunity to review this study, analyze it, take it apart, put it back together, take it apart again twist some things, add some things. And what did you conclude? What did you find in this study about the powerful nature of quantitative tightening? What the study found was that quantitative tightening produces a statistically significant effect akin to rising interest rates, right? Because that's the point. Um, It's how much tightening goes on with quantitative tightening. As you said, Emil, this is Obviously, the most powerful stuff that central banks have ever conceived. And so if quantitative easing is a massive flood of money printing, then quantitative tightening must be a massive boa constrictor-like constraint upon the monetary system because trillions upon trillions of bank reserves are about to disappear. How can that not have a statistically significant effect? So the, the study found that, yes, there is a statistically significant effect of quantitative tightening on akin to rising interest rates as well as the effect on bond yield. There is an effect there. Here was the mistake that the Fed made, Jeff. They actually put numbers to it. They didn't just leave it <laughs> they there. They should have left it the there, paper. right? <laughs> yes. There is a statistical effect. They should have taken a cue from another study I just read by the Fed where they reviewed why was there an increase in bank deposits? And they said it was because people saved a lot of money because the central government gave a lot of stimulus checks. The Federal Reserve bought some bonds from non-bank entities and gosh, I don't remember the fourth reason, but you could see how they kind of just fit in the, well, the Fed bought some bonds from non-bank entities and that would result in deposits. But they didn't go into any numbers. And I know perfectly good reason why they wouldn't go into any numbers, because then they would show how that Fed participation in that was a whole lot of nothing. But this study, Jeff, they did put numbers to it. So, yeah, they really shouldn't have. They should not have put the numbers. No, and that's the thing, you know, before we get to the numbers, the whole point of these studies really is just to say what we've said. QT produces a statistically significant effect and leave it at that and let the media run wild with stories about what that actually means. And so that people can say, does the Fed policy work? Well, of course it works. It produces statistically significant effects. We've got all these studies that say so. End of story. QT is QT is effective, just like QE is effective because we've proven there's this effect. I remembered what the fourth one, it was the corporations taking out their, their, uh, the, oh gosh, Jeff, what is it? Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. So during the emergency, 
They drew down their revolvers. Mm -hmm. And that's what led to deposits. Plus, people saved a ton. Plus, the stimulus checks. Also, the Fed may have bought some bonds from non-bank entities. Just throw that in there. End of study. Big mistake in this other study here where they actually said, quote, using a simple preferred habitat model. I'm not sure. I estimate that a 2.2 trillion passive roll-off of nominal treasury securities from the Federal Reserve's balance sheet over three years is equivalent to an increase of 29,000 million basis points. I added the 1,000 million. 29 basis points in the current federal funds rate at normal times. We'll go on what about not normal times. Jeff, 29, just 29 basis points. Yeah, a whole quarter point rate hike is equivalent to 2.2 trillion over three years. You've got to run 2.2 trillion off over three years, and that's the equivalent of a single quarter point rate hike. I mean, are you kidding me? I'm we're speechless. Yes, it's so underwhelming. You don't know. Yes, you don't know how to describe it because it's so pitiful. And the thing is, you read these studies and it's not just this one. It's one after another after another that comes to the same conclusion. And you're waiting for them to say, you know, in the conclusive part or somewhere in the abstract, this is really not good. Instead, they go on as if this is like, oh, my God, I found what I was looking for. I found proof that QT works. Never really putting any kind of interpretation on it that says, this is truly pitiful. This is truly underwhelming because QT, like QE, is supposed to be this ungodly powerful program, right? The Fed is no longer buying bonds. In fact, they're allowing them to re- mature and retire, uh, to roll off the balance sheet. This is supposed to be Armageddon. And even the people who believe in these programs, who are looking to find the most significant results that they possibly can doing these studies and regressions and arithmetic, all they can ever come up with is rounding errors. I mean, really legitimately pitiful, underwhelming. I mean, I, you run out of adjectives. It's just, it's just not what it's supposed to be. Not even close. It's astounding. There is this caveat that that was during normal periods. During turbulent periods, this $2.2 trillion passive roll-off over a three-year period could be 74 basis points. And then here's an explanation of what is a crisis period, which is also, well, you tell us, Chef. I model a crisis period as one in which risk aversion of arbitragers increases sharply, implying a reduced risk-bearing capacity. That seems important. Specifically, I assume that risk aversion increases twofold in this case. The market is more volatile, the 10-year Yield volatility increases from 1.3% to 1.7% and almost 40% increase. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not so quite sure what to make of that. It's interesting that they, they say that in a crisis period, treasury yields become more volatile, which they do. What they don't tell you is that they become more volatile because they're usually falling precipitously. So mm. I don't get how they, I mean, I understand if you apply just a mathematical volatility to your model, which is a preferred habitat model, which kind of makes sense here. But it doesn't really make sense in a real world sense, which is that they're saying that they expect that in a crisis period, the interest rates are going to go up. Treasury rates are going to go up even more than they would in a non-crisis period. Therefore, there's more of a quantitative tightening effect because without the Fed buying those bonds, 
Because if they view the bond market as nothing more than supply and demand, that there's going to be more of a rate hiking effect from lack of Fed bond buying. In fact, the Fed roll off of maturities and things like that, which, no, it doesn't make sense because that's not how the world works. That's not how the monetary system works. When there is a crisis and dealers become more risk averse, they tend to be more risk averse about risky assets, not safe assets. As we know from collateral and the repo markets, derivatives markets, demand for these things skyrocketed. So yes, it's correct to say the volatility of these interest rates is going to go up, but it's incorrect to assign that as a rate hike during a QT regime. In fact, it would be the equivalent of a rate cut because again, people are flowing to these safe liquid instruments, not away from them. And even though rates are becoming more volatile, they're becoming more volatile in a specific fashion that doesn't fit with the uh, overall idea here which is that QT is somehow even, but even, you know what, Emil, forget about it. Let's say that this is correct. Let's say that it's still 2.2 trillion over three years. We get a little bit of volatility. It's the same as three quarter point rate hikes. That's still incredibly under 2.2 trillion over three years. And at best, you get 75 basis points of the equivalent of a 75 basis point rate hike. It's just it's so unbelievably small and tiny and inconsequential. Now, we have been talking about the federal funds rate, which, as we've often talked about, is no longer applicable because unsecured lending by banks is no longer their preferred method on account of they've seen the destruction of the last 15 years of multiple, multiple banking crises. So they need collateral. Uh, some kind of collateral includes the treasury bond market, treasury bills, treasury bonds is something that we're going to be discussing next and the impact of QT on bonds. Now, Jeff, we've talked in previous episodes of the impact of quantitative easing on the bond yield, right? And we found a study about that New Zealand study where they can, it was a meta study, a collection of analyses, and they came up with it was 10% of GDP and 10 basis, 15 basis points. Is that right, Jeff? Quantitative easing on the 10-year yield? The New Zealand one said it was 10% of GDP will get you 50 basis points. The 50, other study okay. that we talked about, and this was in a member video where we did a whole series yes. where we, go, we went through the QE data. We went through the QE evidence. We didn't take everybody's word for it. And there was a couple of different studies. The other study we referenced was one from, I think, 2021, which updated older studies and found that again, metadata, meta studies, looking at all these different things put together and said that a $600 billion purchase of U.S. Treasury specifically would get you 15 basis points on the U.S. 10-year yield. So $600 billion in Treasury purchases will basically not move the 10-year Treasury at all. It will, Jeff. That's not fair of you. 15 to 20 basis points, it will move it. Yeah, now. that's the thing. You know, we've had days where the 10 year moves by 15 Some, basis yeah. points on its own. So, I mean, people it, sneeze and it moves that by that much. It's yeah, it's not. It's so nothing. And that, to be fair, that's one of the reasons why this quantitative tightening study estimates what it did, because where do you get the I mean, there's only been one episode of quantitative tightening in, in U.S. experience, and that was a couple of years ago, which didn't really work out all that well for quantitative tightening because interest rates fell more than they rose. So they, what they had to do was because otherwise you would say, well, quantitative tightening seems to produce an inverse correlation. 
they have to say, well, okay, we'll go back and look at all those other QE studies and just kind of flip the sign there. So if the Fed bond buying gets you about 15 basis points on the 10-year yield, then maybe Fed not buying bonds in QT will get you, I think the study came to seven basis points on the 10-year yield. Because that's what they're- This study? Yeah, this study. They had the equivalent, not just for the federal funds rate, but also the uh, the effect on the 10-year treasury, which I believe was 7.2 basis points or something like that. You got the seven right, Jeff, but it was 0.7. 2.7 basis points, oh, ladies that and what gentlemen, it was? and oh, Jeff geez. Snyder. 2.7 basis points. Two points, not 7.2. 600 billion of QT, the 10-year yield, will suffer- a gash, a 2.7 point basis point gash below the waterline, sinking this thing, blowing it out of the water. Can you imagine the 10-year yield that good ship lollipop will sink? That's statistically significant though, right? So there is an effect and we can tell the media that there is a statistically significant effect from quantitative tightening. Therefore, the media will run wild and still call this a powerful, effective program because here's the studies that are backing it up. Does anybody read the fine print? Does anybody read all the numbers? No, it's just, it reinforces the narrative, which is the entire point. That's the entire point that we keep bringing these up is because that's the purpose of these things. They're not really telling you what's going on. They're just telling you that we produced a statistically significant effect. We found it in our numbers, our mathematics, all this complicated, really elegant and beautiful regressions and all these other different statistical techniques that they use. I just thought that this would be front page news on the Wall Street Journal or the Financial Times because this study summarizes what QE does and offers an opinion on what QT will do. And the summary conclusions are is they will do nothing and they have done nothing. It, it should have been front page news, Federal Reserve of the Atlanta Fed admits quantitative tightening, quantitative easing does nothing. It's stunning, stunning. I can't believe they published it. <laughs> 